This is DWZ Podcast with J-Rod here, Deleted WrestleZone's very own podcast of professional wrestling such as AEW, NXT, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, many promotions, wrestlers, matches, and championships. I am your host, J-Rod here, folks. Uh, First thing first, uh, I want to apologize for all of you for not throwing any new content recently. Uh, I've been busy covering the G1 Climax 30 throughout the entire month. You probably ask yourself, how the hell do you cover a whole tournament for a month? Well, it takes time and dedication. Um, that's the reason I've been holed up. But however, that's the part of the subjects in this thing. We have the G1 Climax 30 finally over. It's done. It's in the history books. But however, let's talk about who actually won. The G1. The winner is none other than the golden star, Kota Ibushi. Now, he was one of my favorites to win this one. So, reason I ask if you guys know this, Kota Ibushi has been one. This is his second time winning the G1 in two years. So, he won last year. But, however, he's been involved in the finals for the third time, however. The first time he made it to the finals, he had to go face against his hero, which is none other than the ace himself, Hiroshi Tanahashi. So that makes him the winner for this tournament. Now, however, not only he gets the trophy, he also gets the Covenant briefcase that contained the contract for a title shot at Wrestle Kingdom for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. So basically, he will be heading. However, certain complications could change along the way. Now, don't keep your hopes up, everybody, if you guys don't follow this along. But if you do, then you guys are on the bus. Now, you asked me this question, like, what kind of complications could change? Now, let's start with this uh, with Evil, who was a former member of Los Ingobernables de Japón. Now, ever since he betrayed... Los Ingobernables and Naito, he in fact was able to, he won the New Japan Cup where it allowed him for a title shot against Naito who is who was the champion at the time, but he faced him in Dominion a couple months ago, back in June. But however, Naito was able to regain in Jingu uh, the titles against Evil. However, Evil felt that Naito is not a real champion, he's a false champion, that those titles are on loan, they're going back on his on his arms. So basically, that's what happened. Now, from here on on, Evil can challenge Naito for the titles. Now, if he's able to succeed, he can go to Wrestle Kingdom and challenge Kota, uh, be facing Kota Ibushi. But however, Evil is not the only Bullet Club member who wants to go to the top for a Wrestle Kingdom title shot. It turns out, Jay White does who is the current leader of the bull of the bullet club now he has already issued a challenge to Kota Ibushi to uh, to fight and defend for the briefcase to contain the contract for Wrestle Kingdom 15 now why is that important because i thought contracts are not supposed that's what you people are saying right now how is it possible you have to put a contract on defense you don't, WWE doesn't have that you're right but there's certain ways and works down in New Japan. 
That is something interesting because it happens. As you know, Kenta is the current holder of the a contract that contained the br the briefcase with the contract it contained for the IWGP United States Championship, where he can face John Moxley whenever he wants to. So that's the same thing. But however, these two men would do anything impossible to obtain what they want. And this, and they're both going to be facing. Evil will face Naito for those titles at Power Struggle that will set place. In November. So I'm excited for that. And Jay White will face Cody Bushi for the briefcase with the contract for Wrestle Kingdom also on Power Struggle. So this is going to be an interesting turn of events. But you probably ask yourself, what happens if these two win? If they, if Evil and Jay White win the respected matches, then it's possible we may get a civil war with the Bullet Club. And all in this could land in Wrestle Kingdom, which it would make a bit more sense because there has been tensions between both Evil and Jay White during the G1. Jay, uh, Evil has been playing these mind games with um, Jay White the entire time. You know, so that's how it is. But I will follow more on this as much as possible. I'll stick close to it as a hawk. Give me a minute, folks. I gotta take a drink. My throat is kind of dry. Whew, much better. Now, let's talk about this individual, Yoshihashi, but as the title I like to put, The Evolution of Yoshihashi. Now, if you guys don't know who he is, Yoshihashi is a New Japan Pro Wrestling star. He has been in New Japan for almost 12 years. Uh, he's a current member of Chaos. He was brought in by none other than the King of Strong Style and, of course, current WWE star Shinsuke Nakamura. Now, Yoshihashi's always been the weakest link w within Chaos. But, however, some things have changed. As many of you don't know or do know, he was injured. That put him on the sideline for a while. But little by little, he started to improving just a bit. But the biggest evolution that changed for him was when he won for the open for the vacant of the never open weight six man tag team titles that he won alongside Hiroki Goto and Ishii. And to be honest with you, I cried. I literally cried in that particular match because. It was great. I was so happy to see Yoshihashi winning those that title. And as you guys should know, it, the best moment when Yoshihashi won those titles, won the title, the one third of the title, um, Kaguchika Okada actually put the belt on him. He actually put it around his waist because he was so proud of him that he's finally got a championship. And that is one of the things I like about Yoshihashi is evolving to become a much bigger star. And now he's giving a much bigger push. But that doesn't end his evolution. His evolution began to progress in the G1. Now, he lost majority of his matches, but he did win two matches. But however, some of the matches that were impressive was versus Zack Sabre Jr. 
and Kenta, both these men said they were surprised when Kenta, how, I mean, Yoshihashi, how he was able to be tough as possible. And his evolution has changed. Um, he even has this butterfly lock that I never seen him do, but it's great. He has evolving to become a much bigger star. Ever since he became one third of the never open weight six man tag champions. But some things did change at the end of the G1 that none of you uh, that happened. He was in a, in a uh, eight man tag team match along with Goto, Ishii, and Todoyanu. Now, what happened is Doiki, who is a member of the uh, of a rival faction called Suzuki Goon, Doiki felt uh, has issues towards Yoshihashi. But however, one of his issues, he looks at his. Suzuki Goon Brethren has a title. You got Minoru Suzuki, who is the never open weight champion. You got Kanemura and El Desperado as the current IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles. And then you got Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. as the current IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team titles. So now he targets Yoshihashi for a chance of those of the never open weight six man titles. Now they believe that Yoshihashi is the weakest link. He's a joke. He is not meant to be a champion. So, however, they did put up in a recent Road Two Power Struggle match for those titles to change. And, however, that match proved a lot more about Yoshihashi. No matter what Doiki tried to put, every move Doiki puts on Yoshihashi, he kicked out every single one of them. You ask yourself, how in the hell did he get out of it? Yoshihashi is now showing he is being tough. He is not the weak link that we all knew and remembered. So basically, it didn't go in Doiki's favor. But however, at the end of the match, he issued a challenge to the current IWGP heavyweight tag team titles. I'm talking about Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. Now, Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi are the bit of those people who believe they're not Whoever's going to face them for the titles, they're not worth it. They'll never take them off their waist. So basically, they're going to issue... They already said they probably will issue a challenge, but they don't see that he'll win it. Don't ever count out Yoshihashi. He's demonstrating how tough he is, that he's not going to back down for a fight. But for his tag team partner for those titles, Goto volunteered himself because he is proud of Yoshihashi's progress as he ev evolves in, in wrestling with New Japan. So I can't wait to see when that happens. I hope it happens at Power Struggle. So I will keep follow-up on that when it, when it comes official. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is this individual who I mentioned a few times. I know some of you who listen, you probably say, I'm sick and tired of this dude. Why can't he just go away? He's done. His wrestling career is over. I'm talking about Joey Ryan. Now, the reason I'm talking about this, now I'm not taking sides here. I'm just stating out what the facts are, what's being put out in every news outlet. As you know, Joey Ryan was accused by 16 women for sexual allegations against him. Now, I cannot recall all the women, but however, certain things have changed since then. As you know, there was that one hour video that took place and he apologized for everything. He showed evidence that 
the text messages and DMs that of e- each of these women that took place. Now, some of you may say, "Oh, Joey Ryan is full of shit." You know, he didn't need to do an hour of a video and all that. Yeah, yeah, I get that. You know, I get it. But there are those that believe he was totally genuine about what really was happening. Now, you guys can say those who are against Joey saying, "Yeah, he's full of shit." So I, I get it. I, I, I understand. But that didn't end right there. Re- a while back, he actually filed a lawsuit against three of the 16 women that, that accused him of these allegations. Now, there was still no word who they were. But however, some of you say, but J-Rod, it's kind of pathetic that he shouldn't be filing a lawsuit. Now, however, you're right. I agree with you. But there's another logical explanation that took place. Now, this didn't came from me. It came when um, Disco Inferno, if you guys remembered him from WCW, was on on Conan's podcast, he they talk about Joey Ryan's why he actually filed these three lawsuits against these three women. Conan believes that maybe these are three women are amongst those who might have lied about the allegations against them. Now, if that is true, but they, Conan did made a good, compelling argument, proof until proven guilty. Guilt, you know, that type of thing. He has a right to due process. Now, some of you people who listen will say, but that's foolish crap, J-Rod. I know, I get it, I see it, I understand it, but it is true. But it did not end there. Now, from what I understand, he has a total of seven lawsuits he filed. I assume the first three were the three women. I don't know what number four or number five is. Number six and seven, on the other hand, I do. Number six, is he filing a lawsuit to impact wrestling for breach of contract? Now, you ask yourself, but J-Rod, they did the right thing. However, there's certain circumstances that lead to it. As you know, when all these allegations came out, there was supposed to be an investigation whether these allegations were true or not. But for Joey Ryan, on the other hand, he just got fired. And for Joey, they said... It was a breach contract. Apparently, what happened is his contract with Impact Wrestling was supposed to end in August of 2021. He was fired back in June. So that's what really happened. So he's filing a lawsuit for $10 million for breach of contract by Impact Wrestling. So that's what's been put out. Now, number seven, in the other hand, that's another story. He filed a lawsuit against this person. I don't know who they are or his uh, his name is Pele Premio, who's a kind of like a um, exotico, which is a man that acts like a woman type. You may have seen those in Lucha Libre. He took the social media about Joey Ryan, saying that every uh, independent promotion should stop booking him and all that. Because of that, Joey Ryan uh, decided to file a lawsuit against him. As you know, Joey Ryan made more money being in the independent scenes than being part of WWE or AEW. That's always been one of his uh, well-known MOs of him working in the independent scenes. He does make more money doing that, and that's the reason it happened. But do I think he could win these cases? I don't know. I can't predict. I don't know exactly what type of evidence he can prove or whatever. But like Conan says, guilty till proven innocent. So that's how it is. But he does have the right to due process. So I can say say hear from you guys saying um, uh, that Joey should go to prison for that. That is true. But there was no 
charges against him by any of the 16 women or anything else. But whatever is going on, I will just follow it up because I know some of you may get sick and tired of him. But however, I'm not taking sides. I'm just putting what the facts are out there against him. So I think we are about to change the next subject since some of you are getting sick and tired of Joey Ryan. So let's talk about the next subject. As you know, recently there have been newest acquisitions in two different promotions. The first one was Ben Carter. Now, some of you ask, who in the hell is Ben Carter? He's this rising star within the independent scenes all the way from the, the UK. He made headways being in the independent shows such as GCW, Warrior Wrestling, etc., etc. But however, his biggest recognition was with AEW when he faced against Scorpio Sky. Now, from what I understand, AEW never paid him for that event, but he was fine with it. His match with Scorpio Sky caught not only the attention of AEW, but also WWE. And then when the word got out that they both companies were interested in him, uh, he signed with WWE. Now, some of you ask, why did he sign with AEW? They, they're going to ruin his life for all you AEW fans. There's a reason why, and this was noted by Dave Meltzer. Meltzer said that there's still some talent they need to put over right now. Some talent they haven't pushed over to the top. And, and I understand that. It, it would make sense. I mean, it wouldn't be fair for wrestlers that should be over right about now. Again, from older wrestlers that they're there. It, it, that's a logical conclusion. But however, he did state it. With WWE, it's the worst. We all know WWE has a loud amount of stockpile of talent that they haven't posted in any shows as you know I, i've been aware of uh mandy rose's boyfriend or ex-boyfriend or whoever the hell he is he has he's been with the with the performance for that long but never been appeared on nxt that is one of the things that bothers me about it and i hate to see ben carter in that position he's a talented guy i love what he does but however i will see what happens with the future Holds for him with WWE, but I can say congratulations to Ben Carter for being with WWE. I hope he does well in NXT. Now, the next acquisition is a wrestler who I've been following for almost a year. His name is Serpentico, or in the independent scenes, King Serpentico. He is signed a contract with All Elite Wrestling. So, yes, now he is All Elite Wrestling. Now, why is he why is he signed with AEW? Now if you guys don't know this, he made 20 was part of 22 matches on AEW Dark, which was very well known. But not only that, if you guys don't know this, if you ever seen Serpentico without his mask, he also had another ego called John Cruz. So he's been there as both Serpentico and John Cruz at the same time once before. Let's say one night he is John Cruz, another he's been Serpentico, but there have been matches where he played both John Cruz and Serpentico. But the reason he got signed, not only because he made appearances in AEW Dark, was because his involvement with teaming with the original Death Dealer, Luther, forming the tag team duo Chaos Project. But the biggest recognition that he ever got was being part of the 30-year anniversary of Chris Jericho on Dynamite a couple weeks ago. 
that brought him into the attention. And now he is part of AEW, which I'm very happy. But on a personal note on Chris on Serpentico, I did have a feeling he was going to sign with AEW. I don't know why. It's the same thing I thought about Sammy Guevara before he got signed. But seeing Serpentico with AEW, it would make a lot more sense to him. So I'm very happy for Serpentico. Congratulations. I can't wait to see you more. I'm... I'm going to plan to buy a Chaos Project shirt, wear it proudly, and see how the future holds for him in AEW. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is recent news that took place a couple of days ago. And, of course, a bit of confusion. As you all know, or may not know, former Impact Wrestling star Daga is now released officially from Impact Wrestling. Now, if you guys know this... Daga just recently married the former Impact uh, Wrestling World Champion, Tessa Blanchard. Now, you ask yourself, wait a minute, J-Rod, if he was released recently, why now? Why a couple months later after Tessa? Now, according to sources, he has requested to be released from Impact for almost some for some time now. But they tried to re-sign him to continue on working with Impact. As you know, Tessa Blanchard was terminated and stripped from uh, terminated from impact and stripped of the title because she failed to deliver promo videos all the way from Mexico since the shutdown since the start of the pandemic became seriously so impact did not tolerate anymore and of course if you all know ever since Tessa Blanchard's contract with WWE uh, with aid um, impact wrestling ended feelers came around sources were confirming WWE sent out feelers to talk to Tessa Blanchard to sign her. Now, it's still unclear whether if she will sign or not because of her her baggage that she has done over the years. I'm referring to there were the allegations that he did she did racial comments on the eve before she became world champion, and of course and all that. But the real question is, will she sign? There's signs indications WWE really wants to sign her. But however, if she does go with WWE, her husband. Daga will surely will follow because as you all know they like to keep married couples together unlike certain couples when they decide to uh, leave and later they treat the others like crap yeah I'm talking about the shit they done with AJ and of course Renee Young and of course with uh, Lana but hopefully that doesn't happen with Daga or Tessa but there's still no word on that yet but if they do we'll see how that goes what happens um and all that. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode uh, of me talking these subjects. Uh, for now, I'm going to let you guys on in on what's going on right now. If you guys follow me on the YouTube channel, which is Deleted Wrestle Zone, I will be making a cover of the covering the first length of the Road to Power Struggle that started now. Uh, it, it did contain the ch- match with Yoshihashi putting the eight, the sixth man. Never open with championship on the line against members of Suzuki Goon. I will review that. However, I will also review the latest Impact Wrestling pay-per-view, Boundful Glory. So, I think that's all I got for all of you. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. So, I must bid all of you adieu. So, goodbye. Mwah! And have a nice day. Bang! <laughs>